Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman. I'm an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology, and I'm, as always, honored to be here with Jennifer White. Yay! Who is my sister, I think. Is that it? Is that all I get? I am just your sister. (laughs) Number one credential. (laughs) It's the most important credential. It's okay. I'm okay with that. Number two, you having a playground in England named after you because I feel like that's incredibly impressive. It's, um, I think the story is not as impressive, it feels like sometimes, but you know, I like it. it. It's not that, I don't know. I do not have any playgrounds, any buildings, anything named after me yet. Growth mindset yet. Growth mindset. One day you will. We we will one day visit it. (laughs) Once I have one somewhere. Right. Great. Right. Hopefully not like a waste treatment plant or something. Uh, that happened for somebody recently. Yeah. John Oliver. I think I saw. Thank you. I was (laughs) like, I remember just reading that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, well, today's guest is hilarious for one. So stay tuned for that. But we also learned a new term that I had never, um, heard or imagined. And that term was a spermergency as in, an emergency relating to sperm. I, I don't know that's in the dictionary, but new word, <laughs> sperm emergency. Um, Jen, can you use sperm emergency in a sentence and tell us if you've ever had a sperm emergency? Uh, oh, I don't know about the sentence part. Uh, I, I mean, I, I have to go simple. Like, yes, we have had a sperm emergency in our Ooh. life. So. Is it something you're willing to share publicly? Um, <laughs> I am willing to share my poor husband might make me take oh. this episode away at some point. I don't know. <laughs> um, well, we won't know yeah. until we air it and he finds out, right? <laughs> exactly. That would mean he'd have to listen. So we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, we, um, since we went through infertility, obviously one of the early things you have to do is have everything tested. And since he's in the military, we, uh, there were no Convenient facilities for the the retrieval, uh, his self-retrieval, shall we say. Uh, so he actually had to take the sample cup home uh, and so that he could retrieve his sperm so it could be tested. And we, at the time, we lived in a place that was right at, it was like 28 minutes drive and it was all like highway roads. So it was like timed exactly, like we knew exactly how long it took. And those samples have to be back within 30 minutes. <sighs> So he already knew he was cutting it close and they're like, and you have to keep it warm and, you know, all this other stuff. So he did what he needed to do. And he starts driving with this this cup between his legs to try to keep it warm. He's like, you know, like his little baby egg. (laughs) And we also lived in an area that had a lot of dairy farms and he uh, got stuck behind dairy trucks. And he couldn't, he's just like screaming. He's like, I, he's like, I was screaming at these trucks to like get out of the way. Cause he's like, precious cargo. Exactly. He's like, I have to get there. Otherwise I have to do this whole thing again. (laughs) So maybe not a sperm emergency to the extent that Sarah goes into it, but we definitely have experienced uh, stress and what felt like a sperm emergency to us at the time. 
Well, we may need to have him come on sometime to to retell the story. To retell the story. It's it's been a long time. It's been twenty years. So yeah, I don't know how much he remembers the it out, specifics. Now we'll exactly. make him relive it. So. Exactly. Well, stay tuned to listen to Sarah tell all about sperm emergencies and more than you ever imagined about sperm. Welcome, Sarah Everest. The show, our very first guest, who's an andrologist. I'm very excited, Sarah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be an andrologist. Uh, Well, I am a graduate from a biology of science and bachelor's, and I started doing infectious disease testing, working on night shifts and being basically a zombie. Um, That's the only thing you can be working night shift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And my lead at the time um, was making a career change. And she got offered a job to be an andrologist and a junior embryologist in training. Um, And I was like really interested by that. And yeah. then the more I was doing What is an andrologist? Maybe we should back up. I would say, what is an andrologist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know either. So (laughs) um, I did look into it. She kind of explained to me, oh, well, you know, it has to do with fertility testing and we, you know, pair the sperm and the egg. And that's basically the gist that I had gotten at the time and kind of just let it blow over my head. And um, then I was like, the more and more I was doing my infectious disease screening job, the more that I would see fertility clinics pop up on the labels of the accession samples that I was running for communicable disease testing. Um, So I was like, all right, I'm really getting intrigued by this whole fertility thing. So I didn't actually get introduced to andrology until I was working in fertility. Um, My first job uh, working in the fertility uh, like realm was um, I was working at a like devices manufacturing company. So um, media, um, the needles that you use, dish it, culture dishes, like all of the devices that are used for the IVF process, I was doing QC testing for. So we were doing what's called a MIA, which is a mouse embryo assay. So I was a, technically a junior embryologist before I ever knew what andrology was because I was doing this (laughs) whole process on mice. Interesting. Yeah. And that um, was natural bread process process. So I never even saw sperm. It was just embryos and eggs and stuff. So then when I really got into it more and getting to know about it, the natural step to go from animal to people is to enter andrology. And that essentially is the specialization of male fertility. So um, doing comprehensive semen analysis, which would include um, concentration, motility, your morphology, viscosity, volume, and everything that would kind of impact uh, pregnancy producing abilities on the male side of things. I will say, admit that I looked up the definition of andrology, and it was the branch of medicine concerned with men's health, particularly male infertility. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, so what does an andrologist do on the day-to-day? Um, my day-to-day can consist of um, performing several semen analyses. 
Um, also, we perform the washes for like if a woman and um, male or uh, woman and woman same-sex donor sperm couple are undergoing interuterine inseminations, I'll actually wash the sperm. So we layer it over a gradient um, and based on the DNA that is in the sperm under centrifugation, the good sperm will be at the bottom of, uh, we call it the pellet after this sample is centrifuged. And those are basically what we will determine to be the best sperm that make it through the gradient. And um, that process is very similar for washing for IVF treatment too, for ICSI and IVF conventional. Um, so we wash sperm, we analyze sperm, and um, basically it's just a spermy happy day. <laughs> <laughs> and the centrifuge is like, that's like spinning it around versus like yes. using dove soap. Exactly. Yeah. We wash it with, um, basically it's like a strainer. Like you can kind of think of it as a strainer. So all the good sperm will go to the bottom after the spinning process and, um, strain out all of the, um, prostaglandis material, all the things in the, um, seminal fluid that aren't sperm. <laughs> so we just want the sperm for that process. And this sounds very medical and technical, but because I've met you before and I know that sperm is basically hilarious, um, <laughs> do you have any good stories with um, being an andrologist? Um, yeah, but, I mean, my job is very punny, like basically <laughs> sexual innuendos and puns all day long. <laughs> and some of those things you can only do in a fertility clinic and have it be okay. Um, and it not be sexual harassment, right? Exactly. Right. Do they, is there, like, special sexual harassment training for andrologists? Um, no. Well, I mean, yes, we still are in a place of professional work. So <laughs> there are lines, but we also recognize that, you know, when you say, oh, that's too far, then you just stop. <laughs> you don't mm. push it anymore. Just like any other sexual harassment training. <laughs> good, good. Um, but yeah, so sometimes I'll ask the guys, I have to be careful too with how I word things. It is a place of business. And so one of the funniest things that I had to learn was uh, saying goodbye, which for in my everyday life, I'll be like, all right, Ellen, have a good one. Well, when you say that to a guy, as they're about to go ejaculate, <laughs> it <kind of laughs> becomes a little right. different. <laughs> So I have to like watch my words where I'm not intending to be punny. Um, and right. One of my favorites is like, so would you like to get your blood drawn first or do you just want to come and go? Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Oh. So it gets pretty funny. Um, wow. But I would say the most funny thing is the guys who come in who who are just super awkward um, because it's it's a weird thing to come and have to masturbate in an office yes For sure. <laughs> I, I mean I haven't but I would think so uh, and so I guess the weird interactions or the funnier interactions that I've had are the men who are just completely open about it 
because you would expect to have a certain level of privacy. But when a gentleman asks you to come in and help him set up the DVD player, you get a little like, okay, (laughs) now, okay, remain professional and just hope that once I get this DVD player hooked up, the sound is not blaring. Um, I've actually had a patient who was sitting up like he asked me if I could come set up the DVD player. He was sitting in the recliner in his boxers and just sat there while I sat everything like set everything up. And the only thing in my head was, please don't press play. Please don't press play. Wow. (laughs) Do you select those DVD? I mean, I'm surprised there's DVDs anyway, but um, do you select those or, or preview those? Yes. So they are selected. The andrologist teams or um, person uh, does purchase those on behalf of the clinic. So currently where I'm working, they have little property of stickers on them and the andrologists go out and source the material, whether it's DVDs or magazines. However, we do have a pretty limited selection and we do have an available Wi-Fi password. So it still blows my mind that people use that stuff. (laughs) I was going to say, if you have good Wi-Fi, right, I would assume most people just... (laughs) Yeah, I know. And then you don't have to have the embarrassing talk with your andrologist like, hey, my volume's not working. Can you help me? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So you haven't been shopping for, you know, for a lab or for a company and like, no, sweetie, this is for work, I swear. (laughs) Yeah, um, I haven't done the shopping yet, but I'm sure it's a privilege that I'll have coming to me soon. Um, Mostly I um, have gotten the cleanup job and like taking out, you would be very surprised the amount of DVDs that go missing or the amount of centerfolds (laughs) that go missing. (laughs) And so I've definitely had to um, like, you know, do the weekly check of going in and opening up all the DVD boxes and making sure all of our centerfolds are there and none of the pages have been uh, marked for, you know, as their favorite page and have the flip over or the fold, like, because, you know, they're never going to come back there probably, or hopefully if they do, it's not very frequently, but they have to mark their favorite page just in case. (laughs) Wow. Um, so can you think of any particular, um, patients without revealing names or identities that stood out in the course of your, your work? Um, yeah, actually most recently, um, we had a clinic day where the gentleman came out, um, of the room with his pants unbuckled shirtless in front of a clinic of women undergoing fertility treatment and just asked with so much gumption that he would need more lube. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like definitely sticks out because like I said, the, the weird or the awkward moments only come for those I feel like who have like zero shame. Um, But it is an office of, you know, professionalism. So there has to be some tact that still comes along with it. And so, yeah, the ones who stick out are the ones who have like no tact or, you know, andrology etiquette. 
Wow. Uh, do you feel like you're really good at poker now that you just like have a developed a really good poker face for whatever a patient might say? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I'm very good at that. Um, it's actually assisted me quite well in parenting. <laughs> uh, I I'm sure. <laughs> Especially, you know, like you want to laugh sometimes or like you get flustered really easily. And I feel like that happens with your kid. If they like said a curse word in front of you and all you want to do is laugh, but you can't like this job has definitely prepared me for that because, you know, I, you can't laugh at some of the things they're being serious. Like they legitimately either don't know or need assistance. And so you're like, okay, this is going to happen. All right. Is there anything you wish you could tell patients or, you know, wish they knew coming into this to make it less awkward or make your job easier? Yeah. Just like kind of how I was saying, um, andrology etiquette. I mean, there is a certain level of andrology etiquette, and I would love to inform patients of that. Um, we are professionals. Like, we do this job because we love it, and we're all very passionate about fertility and helping people create families. And so it's not going to be weird for us. Um, but definitely, I would say keep your kinks to yourself. We all appreciate a healthy sex life. And if you have strange kinks to keep that going, go for it. But we don't need to know about it. <laughs> um, for example, there was a patient who had some sort of kink that included defecation and they did not clean up after themselves after that oh. process. This was a story coming down from one of my coworkers, but the very least that you can do is wrap things up and throw things away. We don't need to see your kinks. We don't need to have the DVD player going off when we come in to thoroughly clean the room when you're done. We don't need the magazine open to your favorite page. Like, clean up when you're done and leave, res leave respectively. Um, and also, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, sometimes I think men would rather not ask and feel ashamed um, than, you know, to do things properly. We just recently had a gentleman that was in, unable to collect and it was very highly suspected. I can't say for certain because I was not in the room with him, but only lubricant was in the cup. So it was like he had just squirted lubricant into the cup because he wasn't able to collect. But don't be ashamed of that. Like, we can give you at-home collection kits. There's at-home collection condoms. Like, just let us know so that we can give you the best analysis that we can instead of just spinning in the cup or just squirting some lube in there to say you did your part to your wife and then go home and have everything be hunky-dory because it won't be. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's good to know that there are options in case someone's in that situation. So that's a really good tip. Yeah, um, Any others? Um, lubricant is a big one because that can come into, um, it can interfere with, uh, correct results. So if you decide to collect at home or you thought you were going to be sly and just stick your favorite lubricant in your pocket and come for a collection, 
Um, it can actually inhibit and reduce motility and kill sperm depending on the pH and everything. So we have very special lubricant that is available for collection if it's needed, but definitely no saliva. Um, that's why we have sperm-friendly condoms too, because latex can be very um, deadly to sperm. So that's all stuff that uh, you're not going to want to use your generic over-the-counter type of lubricant or condoms. We have very specific uh, regulations on that. That's fascinating. So are there certain brands that you know or kinds that are just not good for sperm? We use Preseed in the office now, which is a very fertility-based um, lubricant. If you're kind of looking for something that's cheap and over-the-counter, Astroglide is the one that I would recommend for not having very much sperm um, immobi immobility potential. And um, it's also very safe to use. Um, so Astroglide is the best um, you know, go to, I would say, if you're not seeking a high-end fertility lubricant. This is very educational. I did not know any of that. I, I know, right? And I'm like, which way should we be looking at this? Like for people who are trying to prevent pregnancy or people who are trying to... <laughs> <laughs> which one is best at preventing? <laughs> well, that's fascinating because I, I, often people who come to you guys are probably likely trying to get pregnant. And it sounds like one factor could just be using a bad lube. Is that right? Um, I wouldn't say so because the cervix is just an incredible filter in itself. So during like interuterine inseminations or the IVF process, um, we have to wash the sperm because there's the cervix isn't going to do that for you. Um, but um, the to get a good analysis the sperm or the lubricant really can come into play um, for an analysis or treatment purposes like that. But the cervix is going to prevent most of that problem from filtering it out um, during natural intercourse. So I wouldn't say that lube could be a, a cause of infertility issues unless there's some underlying problem with like some vaginal pH issues or seminal pH issues. Like you still would want to delve deeper into that. I wouldn't say that lubricant could be the main cause, but definitely if you're trying to get pregnant, we know for sure Astroglide is a good to go. Yeah. And it sounds like it's really about getting a good analysis to figure what things are really looking, what the situation is looking like. Exactly. Yeah. We want a good baseline. Um, speaking of that, you should probably, uh, you know, the, to get a good analysis, you'll want between two to seven days abstinence. So I think one of the, <laughs> the misconceptions, or at least my husband has talked to me about it before, is he's the idea of pre-gaming. And I'm just like, that's so ridiculous. You're going to screw up all of our analytics if you pre-game. So as a guy coming in um, to go for a semen analysis, there's no pre-gaming. Don't try and, you know, get ready in the car or anything like that. Like <laughs> you need your two <laughs> to seven days abstinence for the best um, wow. overall. And I used to patients receive that kind of instructions beforehand that you need oh. to, to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And the biggest advice that I can give for someone trying to get a really good analysis is to be hydrated. Like that affects your seminal viscosity like crazy. 
Um, so 64 ounces of water is amazing um, per day. And, you know, all the standard stuff that they tell you, no laptops on your lap, no hot showers for extended amount of times, no hot tubs, no tight shorts, bicycle riding, stuff like that can all impact your overall sperm health and the analysis. So, um, yeah, lots of water because viscosity is a big issue. Wow. Um, I feel like this is probably outside your realm, but is there like food or other like nutrition that plays into it? Um, absolutely. Uh, that is a little bit outside of my realm, so I don't want to give too much outside of my clinical expertise. Um, but if you are concerned about that, there are diets you can actually look on um, online for fertility diets that help both men and women. And we also um, at our clinic and most of the ones that I've worked at ha- um, do have the ability to prescribe male vitamins as well, vitamins and supplements. There's a list um, that are very good that, that can include um, improvement for sperm motility and morphology. I, so I just learned a word from you recently, um, spermergency. Have you had any yeah. spermergencies recently? I haven't had one recently, but I do have one that comes to mind that was the uh, most catastrophic spermergency oh, wow. that I think I've ever okay. had. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that has to be huge if you have a catastrophic spermergency. <laughs> Definitely. Um, So we had a patient who had been retrieved for her IVF cycle, which means that her eggs were now outside of her body. She was ready for insemination. The sperm had been frozen because we had sent it to a third party source, um, which for the idea and hopes of getting more of one gender than the other. So we had gotten this sperm vial back. They had froze it. They did this process hoping that we'd get the more sperm of the significant gender than the other. And when we got the sperm back, there were like, it didn't even look like the same patient sample. Like I did not feel comfortable thawing it and having the embryologist use it for treatment purposes. So we, at that point, you're supposed to do ICSI at about 12 hours, or I'm sorry, um, two to four hours after retrieval. And we're like rolling into four. (laughs) And so we immediately called the husband. Thank goodness um, he worked within an hour at the clinic and he came down at about 4 p.m., We had to wait for him to ejaculate and for me to process the sperm and everything. So it was definitely a sperm emergency. Like we need your sperm right now because (laughs) this sample that was processed at a third party clinic is not going to cut it. And we can't guarantee results with this at all. And so, yeah, it was like, you got to be down here now. We don't care about your time of abstinence. We just want to make sure that this is your genetic product at this point because yeah. we can't guarantee that. That's scary that you weren't right. sure. And I'm sure everyone felt very strongly about being sure of the genetic material being used. Absolutely. Yeah. We have so many checks and balances throughout the process to make sure that, you know, husband's gametes are going with partner's gametes um, and, or the intended gametes. And so if anyone feels uncomfortable, and I hope gentlemen listening to this feel comfortable knowing that 
like we're on your side, like we're going to do everything we can. Yeah. And if we don't feel confident, we're going to call you for an for emergency and be like, you need to get back <laughs> down here because there might have been a problem with this. And we want to make things right. Like we want you to have your biological or intended children. Right. Um, were you prepared to like talk to the police if they pulled him over to be like, yes, I am confirming from the clinic. This is a spur emergency. That, uh, you cannot <laughs> give him a ticket for it. Well, I don't condone law breaking. So uh, probably not. But if they needed a witness, I would testify. <laughs> we did actually have to go through a little bit um, of a process talking to the third party with them. So I did have to testify on their behalf to try and get a refund from this third party that I wasn't willing to use the sample from. Yeah. So, um, like in a court case, um, they were able to settle it, um, without that, but I had to prove, um, documentation and take pictures of the sperm and the sample and everything and, uh, send them all of the reports and everything so that they could get at least some of their shipping money back and, and that case so yeah uh did it work out did they have it a child? did work out and they uh they ended up having four beautiful blastocysts unfortunately they had um 50 50 so two girls two boys but they did end up with the gender that they wanted so it was successful story that baby is alive and um thriving at this point so successful pregnancy and birth and everything do you keep in touch with your patients? I, yes, there are a few that I keep in touch with. Uh, there's definitely, uh, you know, if they want to pursue a relationship with me, I'm all for that. I love that. Um, and there are some patients that, you know, have asked or have reached out to me. And I love to see the work that I've done uh, grow up. It's like the most fulfilling thing. It's what I love most about my job is, the, you know, the the end product. I love the squishy babies and seeing them. And, um, you know, at one of the fertility clinics that I worked at, I was not only an andrologist, but I was on the junior embryology level. And, you know, uh, there's a certain level of set of twins out there that I got to be the first babysitter and they are just the cutest things ever. And I am in contact with dad. Oh my God. I was almost going to comment that I think that we have a mutual client patient that I see you commenting on social media where I do as well. And they are in fact the cutest babies in the entire world. And lucky for the rest of us, he is a prolific poster. So we get to see all of that. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. I love it. I love it. He's invited me to his house to come see them. And he's a wonderful father. And I'm so happy that I got to follow that journey with him. And there are a couple other um, patients that I've got to keep in contact with and get to see their growing bundles. And I love it. I love it. And that patient's story is just insane anyway. And so I'm so glad that he got those amazing twins out of it. Any other words of wisdom for um, patients who direct their samples, their partners, anything else you'd want them to know? I guess like the biggest public service announcement that I have is if you're a young male, and maybe even if you're not a young male, middle-aged even, like, 
please, please, please cryopreserve your sperm before getting a vasectomy. We have a wonderful urologist that can do vasectomy reversals and have success, but it's never the same. And you almost always have to go through IVF treatment in order to have a post vasectomy child. Like just freeze your babies. Um, Cryopreservation, fertility preservation is such a huge thing. Women are starting to do it more frequently um, because their eggs, uh, you know, degenerate at a higher rate um, with age than men think about. But I really think men should start thinking about fertility preservation as well. Same with um, trans, our trans population. They really don't consider uh, freezing their gametes prior to starting hormone therapy. And I think now that those um, populations are becoming more and more recognized that is being discussed with some of the patients. But uh, even if you're, you know, it's hard because a lot of people who are trying to transition, you know, are teens and they're not thinking about children or wanting to birth children, but that I've gotten lots of trans patients who have had to stop their hormone therapies so that they can try and get pregnant. And even then it's affected their egg or their sperm health. And so I would really um, urge uh, those with sperm, especially because that's my uh, specialty, to, to cryopreserve before going through any type of traumatic uh, transition, whether that be vasectomy or genders or, yeah, keep your fertility too. I feel like that's something that a lot of people talk to women about and not necessarily men. Okay. And any other words of wisdom for those who might be thinking about a career or working in andrology? The sperm is the coolest cell. There's no really words of wisdom except for like, you're, (laughs) you're going to love it. Like it's the coolest (laughs) single cell. Yeah, wow, the sperm is it's the coolest the only modal cell in the body. It's so amazing. I don't know. Um, it, it's just, uh, I love sperm. You can only say that in my job. <laughs> it's just amazing what it can do in the process. It's just, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that might be holding people back from working in fertility, but, um, you know, some of the emotional roller coasters, because even though we're in the background, we definitely see those names pop up on my computer and know the patients. And um, it's just so fulfilling, even though we're kind of in the background of things, you know, the lab rats. And if someone were pursuing or interested in andrology, it sounds like, I know we talked a little bit about, about your education, but a biology background, kind of finding work with a fertility clinic, are those kind of the, the path to take? Yeah, I would say so. Um, So a biology degree, there's also, we get some people who have um, gone through reproductive science. Um, I know CSU has a program for new graduates. Um, Also, just in line with um, kind of any type of MT, like being a medical technologist would really help if you've had microscopic work, um, because you're under the scope, like, this is the main part of our job is being able to use and operate a microscope. Um, And we, at the clinic I'm at now, we also do some blood analytics. So working with any type of automated platforms for processing blood is really great. 
Um, so I would just say, yeah, overall, like medical technology type path. Yeah, makes sense. Well, microbiology even would be good. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you joining us and sharing your expertise and your stories. Did we miss any good stories before we we head out? I don't think so. I mean, there's just, there's some good ones that I've got, but I think I'm going to keep them in my pocket because they make me shine in the middle of the day if I have to think <laughs> of something cloudy. But, um, and they're only your best story. funny if we know... <laughs> They're only funny if you know more of the background to them. Mm. And so I'm going to keep that. Okay. So everyone can know when you meet Sarah in person that she has some good ones just waiting to go. <laughs> <laughs> They're hibernating. I'm incubating them until they become beautiful blasts. Right. Would you say they're cryopreserved <laughs> right now? Oh, oh, that's way better. Yes, definitely cryopreserved. <laughs> well, thank you again, Sarah. We really appreciate you joining us. And we love that you are part of this amazing team that helps people grow and create their families. Yes, I love it. You ladies have a good one. All right. Thank you, Sarah, for making this episode so educational in a bizarre and hilarious way. We appreciate you. <laughs> I know. I wish I could have contributed at the time. Unfortunately, I was my, there was something wrong with my system that I couldn't, nobody could hear me when I was talking, sadly. Um, so we mute I, you secretly. I know. I know it was intentional and I get it, but you know, no, it was a really fun, it, it was fun from my perspective to be listening to even as it was going on live. So um, and things that are fun or make us happy would be if you would go to iTunes and give us a review. We really love it. Uh, we also seriously do love to hear from people. Uh, if you want to give us a call on our voicemail line at 303-997-1903, or if you want to send us an email through our website uh, and contact us. Um, the other thing that we have not uh, brought up at all yet is if you go to our website, we have merchandise. So oh if you God, want a shirt <laughs> that says, I want to have a baby, I want to put a baby in there. I was uh, drinking yesterday from my mug that had the logo with the sperm with headphones on. Yes. Was- um, there are phone cases, I believe. There are mugs. I have a few t-shirts, uh, sweatshirts. We we did try to get boxer shorts, but they uh, are not yet available oh, through the still place in the works going. Yeah, okay. so um, so lots just of fun. Think, stuff I mean, holidays are coming up. Gifts for right? everyone. I think that's a good option. Just put yeah, it out there. and maybe by next week we'll come up with a cool uh, coupon code for people so that they can. Uh, yes, can good idea get for their friends and family. And now you've incentive to listen to the next week's episode too. Exactly. So stick around. Thank you as always to our team, to Amanda, to Tyler. To Chris at Work at Bird Studios, uh, to everybody who, who does so much to support us all around. Um, and stick around for next week. We'll, we'll give you that coupon code so that you can uh, send the love to other people. So thanks so much. 